Today, we will talk about the most famous investor of all times. He is usually associated with an investing style called value investing. Welcome to Learn to Invest, a podcast by Money Masters with me, your host, Robert. Let's get started. Scott, are you there? I am. Hello, Robert. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. All right, Scott. So let's get started. Um, in the introduction, I just already stated that uh, today we will talk about the most famous investor of all times. Do you have any idea who will we will be talking about today? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Warren Buffett. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Am I correct? Oh wow! Yes. Cool. Do I get like Very do good. I get some sort of freebie or for guessing it right? We'll get a thumb up from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about two thumbs? <laughs> two thumbs. Okay. All right. Two thumbs. Awesome. Um, so Warren Buffett probably doesn't need a lot of introduction. So just uh, very briefly. Um, Together with his partner, Charles Munger, who recently passed away, he built up a huge investing and holding company called Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Buffett was born in 1930, has influenced generations of investors, and is also called the Oracle of Omaha. He was himself influenced by Benjamin Graham, who was actually his professor at Columbia Business School, and he influenced him to become a value investor. Scott, what do you think does actually value investing mean? Do you, do you have any idea about that? No idea. I could guess. I mean, no, maybe I couldn't guess. I mean, it's you, you invest in a valuable thing, something. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's interesting. I would imagine that would be the default approach. But uh, please do um, yeah. enlighten me. So the core idea of value investing is that you buy something cheap and sell it more expensive. Yeah. So of course you have to analyze is something undervalued? If so, it's a good buy. Yeah. It's a bargain. And then you buy it and you wait until it moves to fair value. Basically the price moves to fair value. So now we have two things to talk about. We have to talk about price and value. And the question is, what is the difference between price and value? And uh, yeah, let me just quickly answer the question um, because there's a quote also by Warren Buffett, uh, which goes like um, this, price is what you pay, value is what you get. Let me repeat, price is what you pay, value is what you get. So of course, um, when doing value investing, you have to be able to determine if a stock is undervalued or if it's fair valued. Yeah. And how can one do this? Um, there's different methods. For example, there are like quantitative mathematical methods. Um, one is called discounted cash flow method. Yeah. Discounted cash flow method. And uh, basically, the idea is that you just like for example, if we compared with a real estate property, a house, for example, and you rent it out, you will think, okay, the next 10 years, how much rent do I get? And then how much would I be willing to pay for it for me to make sense? In the same way, you would analyze a company Yeah, you, you want to buy. If, if you, of course, buy a stock, you buy a share of a company and you will think, okay, so how much cash flow will this company produce in the next 10 years, for example, and then how much will I, will I be willing to pay for this company, for the stock? 
Yeah. There are also other methods, but um, yeah, they kind of go in this direction. And Buffett actually um, developed his own style. It's not only quantitative, yeah, and um, it's still value investing and it's core. Yeah, he's still trying to buy cheap and sell at a higher price. But Buffett pays much more attention also to the quality of a company. So it's not purely quantitative. It's also yeah, looking at the quality. He says, quote, it's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. Yeah. Let me repeat. It's far better to buy a wonderful company at a fair price than a fair company at a wonderful price. So what does the quality of a company mean? What does it actually include? One thing you could look at is the management. Yeah, If you believe, okay, those are strong, this, it's a strong CEO, for example. Yeah, Let's take Tesla. You believe Elon Musk, he's the guy. Yeah. But um, Warren Buffett, Charles Munger, they said, I want to invest in a company that is so wonderful that even an idiot could run it because at some point, probably an idiot will run it. Yeah. So it's not enough to have a strong a leader, strong management. Um, the company itself should have a strong quality or high quality. And um, so one thing they always look at is the so-called moat. Yeah, of course, when you have a, a castle, the moat is around the castle to protect it. And the moat basically, in this case, describes uh, a permanent competitive advantage that the company has. There are different types of moats. One, which is easy to understand probably, is brand. Let's take Coca-Cola, very famous big brand. So even if you would produce um, yeah, a soft drink that tastes just the same, uh, it's still not Coca-Cola because it's a different brand. And how can you compete against Coca-Cola? They are just the strongest brand in this uh, sector. And therefore, they have a moat just by having this brand. Another type of moat is network effect. For example, let's take LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the biggest um, business uh, network online. And if you wanted to yeah, compete against LinkedIn. Um, it's very difficult because when people say, okay, I want to do some networking, all my customers, all my uh, colleagues, uh, all my prospects, et cetera, they already are on LinkedIn. So I would always choose LinkedIn over some smaller ones, some new ones. Um, therefore, LinkedIn has an advantage over others, yeah, which don't ha have not built up this network yet. Uh, another type of mode is intangible assets, patents, for example. Uh, another one is low-cost producer. So if you are able to produce the product at a much lower cost than your competitor, then you, of course, have an advantage. High switching costs. Now, let's take Microsoft, for example. When a company has all their computers running on Microsoft, there would be a high um yeah, there would be a lot of cost uh, and a lot of effort um, needed to to switch to another system, advantages in size, etc. So there are many types of modes. Um, again, mode meaning permanent competitive advantage. So this is something that Warren Buffett always wants a company to have. Um, yeah, for him to be willing to invest in the company. 
And also another term which is always uh, used is margin of safety. So he, of course, calculates the value. And then he says to himself, well, there's always the possibility that I'm making a mistake here or things will turn out different than yeah expected. So there's always going to be some margin of safety. So he doesn't want to buy only cheap. He wants to buy very cheap. So there's some room for error, basically. So again, he's looking at the numbers. He's looking at the company itself. Um, so in order to decide on what to invest in, um, he needs to do a fundamental analysis, looking at the earnings reports, the competition, the management, the business model, industry trends, etc. So it's a very in-depth analysis. So basically, if you want to become a value yeah, investor, value you have to identify yeah. a stock that the market is pricing incorrectly. Yeah. So the market has the opinion that the stock is supposed to be priced at uh, X dollar, but you say, no, it's actually, um, the, the fair value is actually higher than that, and therefore it's a bargain. So your opinion is different from the market's opinion, and whether your opinion is correct or not will show years later. Scott, what do you think? How likely is it that you or I will be the next Warren Buffett? I don't know. Give me a couple of days and let's see how it pans out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was very fascinated by Buffett style investing years ago. Um, did a lot of research on that. I read a lot of books on that. I even created my own Excel sheet and yeah, trying to um, become a value investor. Uh, but at one point, I stopped doing that because I realized I'm not going to be the next uh, Buffett. Yeah, I realized I that there's a tough competition out there with the hedge funds. Uh, they use AI, et cetera. So how can I, as a small private investor, compete against that? How will I be able to beat the market as a value investor? Um, I realized my analytical skills uh, doing fundamental analysis are never going to be good enough to actually be able to beat the market. That's why I stopped doing that. And I've found other strategies that I'm much more convinced about. And um, yeah, we will talk about that in a later episode. All right. So I think that's basically all for today. Um, thank you, Scott, for being here one more time. And uh, for the audience, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please give us a positive rating. May the momentum be with you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.